0: It is Thursday, y'all. Another episode of the Late Night Vision Show. Thank you for joining us. We are—we really appreciate. It. I tell you, there's a lot of people that listen to this show in their car. They listen on the way. They make their spouses suffer through this at night while they're in bed. Uh, we get people that call and say, "Hey, I, my wife knows y'all more than her better than I do because she listens and has to suffer through all this just as much as I do." But I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to find a scope. So, whatever your reason for joining us, thank you. Uh, we really appreciate it. We've got a big show for you today, a big review. Uh, and to help me do that, to help me introduce the scope and introduce what we're talking about, the owner of Outdoor Legacy, Jason Robertson. What's going on, man?
1: Man, nothing. This is an exciting show. Uh, we're going to jump right into this, guys, because this is, uh, mm-hmm. is going to be a big show. We're going to review the Pulsar Thermion 2 XG50 xg 50 laser rangefinder, LRF model today. And uh, we got a lot of things to talk about. The first thing we're gonna do is a shameless plug uh, that we do every week. If you are watching this show or listening and you have uh, any desire to buy a thermal or night vision scope, and you would like to support the late night vision show, support Hans and I and uh, our wonderful staff here, we would love to have your business. And Mm -hmm. you can give us a call at 877-350-1818. And we would be glad to talk to you and help you decide what optic is best for you and help you with that purchase. You can go to our website. If you just want to kind of look around, uh, you know, I know you can get there, get really confused, Mm -hmm. but at least some people like to go in there and say, Hey, this is my price range. You can sort by price on the website and say, okay, at least I'm familiar with some of the names. That's fine too. Uh You can do that at outdoor legacy gear, G E A R outdoor legacy gear.com. And I tell you what, uh, we have got a full staff that is ready to help you. Not only is there Hans and I, we've mm-hmm. also uh, got another salesman, Ashley, that's working with us. Super good guy, buddy of ours, longtime thermal hunter, uh, great guy. He's there. We've got Ash, uh, Angela. We've got Michaela in the office. These two ladies, uh, they're the ones who really run the show. They're the ones who make sure uh, that all of us guys stay on task and get things done. So there are five of us full time here, and we're dedicated to not just helping you pick out the right scope and help you with that purchase and get it all the way to your door, but to help you afterwards. If you mm-hmm. need help, uh, you got questions about it, how do I zero this thing? What do I need to do? Uh, we're here for that as well before and after the sale. So 877 350. One eight one eight. We would love to have your business. We'd love to sell you this scope right here. We're fixing to talk about Um, Hans. I'm going to do this real quick. I'm going to, and I say everything I'm going to do real quick is never quick. But I'm going to explain uh, before we get into this review, uh, clear up some confusion about the original Thermion XQ or XG50 Mm -hmm. and this scope. Also, I'm going to say this right now. Listen to this entire episode. If you are interested in purchasing this scope, I'm going to give you some information that is vital. Okay. We're going to do it after the specs, after the walk around, it's going to be in the middle of the show. Uh, and I need to really get There's, in and explain something about this scope and how it's going to work. And it's very important and it will uh, prevent some heartache for some guys who buy this scope, so I'm telling you, super important to stick around for that. Now, there's a lot to, of
0: confusion yep. about the XG50. Uh, I'll Th- there say there is because, a lot because of the confusion. new one that's come out. There's still the old one, which is unusual to, to have the older model even still around for sale. There's a lot of people that are calling, saying, you know, what's this this older XG50? So yeah, clear some of that up because we we've got to you know sort through some of this stuff that's going yeah. on you see online.
1: So the original XG50 came out about, well, when we're recording this, it's uh, it's early uh, 2023. So that unit came about two and a half years ago. When it did, it was a groundbreaking uh, mm-hmm. optic. It was the first three power, 12 micron, 640 thermal scope on the market uh, with all the features, video recording, audio recording, removable battery packs, picture in picture, mm-hmm. uh, Wi-Fi. I mean, it was it was amazing optic and it really, mm-hmm. really was. Uh, great scope, but uh, and sold a ton of them. People loved them, but it wasn't that long before uh, even Pulsar came out with their new Thermion 2XP50 Pro. And that scope actually had a better image quality than the the XG did. So, you know, it's just, again, newer technology. So then we had other manufacturers coming out with scopes that were uh, really, again, newer technology. And, and it was amazing how a, a scope that, I hate to use the word, maybe overused, groundbreaking, but <laughs> it really was, mm-hmm. it, it brought something new to the industry. But it, within a year, year and a half, there were now multiple other scopes with, with newer, you know, honestly better technology, including Pulsar's own lineup. So Pulsar was basically forced to drop the price on it uh, because you know their less expensive scopes were, were better, and so that's kind of just again, so way technology works. Things can move quickly. Um, still a good scope, mm-hmm. but uh, in the summer of 2022, Pulsar basically discontinued the scope. And they did sell those off, uh, all that they had left to, uh, uh, you know, a couple dealers. And, you know, we chose not to purchase them. We knew there were just so many other things out there that, you know, we thought were better, including this scope coming. Mm -hmm. And so with that said, uh, you can still, depending on when you're watching this, you may Mm -hmm. find the old XG50 for a bargain online. uh, But you just need to know you know, kind of what you're getting and, and how that's going to compare to what's on the market now. Right. So this new Thermion 2 XG50 LRF comes around. A lot of confusion. I've talked to guys that go, oh my gosh, I can buy the non-LRF for 3000 This LRF version is mm-hmm. $6,000. $59.99. My gosh, I don't need to pay $3,000 for an LRF. Huge difference in the scope, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So the original XG50 ran the BAE thermal sensor. That was a thermal sensor that uh, Pulsar had never used before. Mm -hmm. Um, They use Linred or ULIS sensors, uh, but they were looking for that 640 12 micron. Uh, With the new Thermion 2 XG50, they went back to what they know. Mm -hmm. And that is this Linred sensor that they have used for many, many, many years. i mean, let's back up maybe forever. As long as I've ever known them uh, in the last 10 years, that's all they've used. So they have a lot of experience. This is a fantastic sensor. This unit is a serious, serious upgrade to the original XG50. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, if there's any takeaway, you need to know these are two different optics. They got two different sensors. Uh, Basically, let's say different motors. All right. Mm -hmm. And also, as mentioned, there is a laser range finder in this unit and the image quality is significantly better. Uh, And there's a lot of other things we're gonna kind of get into uh, battery life and and how this thing Mm. performs in poor conditions. A lot of things better about this optic. So we just wanted to kind of clear that up. Two very, very different scopes and the original XG50 is discontinued. It is gone. You might find some floating around out there on fire sale, but those units are are again, a discontinued
0: model. Now, you know what I tell people, people ask about buying discontinued models. And and the way I explain it is, and this isn't true across the board in in every aspect, but I I typically say, don't spend new money on old technology. (laughs) And, you know, in this case, I would say that that's 100% true. You know, the XG50, like you said, was a groundbreaking scope. And I think it did a lot of things. I. This is my own personal opinion. I think it might have been one of the catalysts that lit the fire under Envision to get their scopes to include video and audio recording. I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But a lot of things changed after that, I would say, in the industry. And and it was good for the time that it, it was out. Um, but these XG50s, the new ones, there is a big difference. Now, we're going to run through the specs. Jason's going to run through those here yep. in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to do a walk around the scope. We're going to have what's in the what comes with the scope, what's in the bag with it. Uh, So stay tuned for all that. And of course, all the likes and dislikes and who it's good for. And like I said, Jason's got that information coming. You need to stay on because you need to find out if this is the right skill for you or if something else might be better. But yeah, Jason, uh, let's run through these specs real quick. All
1: right, here we go. So I'm going to go through these fairly quickly, guys. Uh, Again, I know there's some of you that are listening here and you're going to be like, Mm -hmm. man, it's too quick, whatever. Hey, you know what? You need you need to <laughs> more help. Give us a call right. again. We'll be glad to, to to explain some of this. Some of it you're not even going to know what it means or like, I don't know. That's a lot of big words, exactly. but I'm going to I'm going to run through them. Right. So it is a 640 by 480 high resolution optic again using the uh Linred Ula sensor. It's a 50 hertz refresh rate. It's a 12 micron sensor. It has an NETD rating of sub40 millikelvins. Now, I know I just said some big words there and you went, "What?" And uh, we'll get into a little bit of that uh, later on, but again, it's a sub40 millikelvin on the NET any can't even say it now, NETD rating. Uh, it's got an AM OLED display. It's a 1024 by 768 resolution on the, the uh, display screen. It's a 50 millimeter lens. It's a fast 1.0 lens. It is a three-power base magnification, and it does have digital zoom up to 24 power. Uh, Pulsar says it's got a detection range of a human-sized target out to about 1,900 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, positive ID range. Now, this is uh, this is what Hans and I say. Okay, so this is our range. There's going to be opinions on this. Uh, there's going to be guys that are, are going to you know have an opinion that it's going to be much further. And honestly with some experience and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. knowing your area and what Mm -hmm. you're hunting, these ranges could be further for even us, but Mm -hmm. we're trying to give a realistic conservative range that just kind of, you know, fits all people. And we would say four to 600 yards, Mm -hmm. Now that's a big range, Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that's realistic. I think there's some guys that pick this up that may not be super familiar. Uh, with thermals, and they may get out there in the 400 yard range and be like, "Okay, I think that's a hog, or yeah. I think that's a coyote." But I think with some experience, getting in that five to 600 yard range is is definitely doable, especially with right. that three power. Right. Um, battery life. All right, this is the cool thing right here. Uh, the original XG50 on our battery test had five and a half hours with the internal battery and the removable battery. This unit on the internal battery has six and a half hours and on the removable APS2 battery, we got two and a half hours, okay? Now, again, these are bench tests. This is indoors, uh, sitting in my office, uh, running this thing down. So this is not running Wi-Fi video recording. It's not 20 degrees, any of that. These are best case scenario, but it's the way we test every scope is basically just sitting here on the desk running. So again, I want to say that six and a half hours on the internal, two and a half on the removable APS2. So that is uh, nine hours of battery life right out of the box compared to five and a half on a bench test on the old XG. So huge improvement there on, uh, on the battery life. Also, you can purchase the APS3 battery. That's a little bit of a taller battery. Uh, And those batteries are probably going to get you another 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, So, you know, you could be looking at 10 hours of runtime. Again, you take that in the field, you get in cold conditions off and on and and video recording, Wi-Fi. You're going to bring that down, obviously, but it's still going to be a huge improvement over Mm -hmm. the original XG. So kudos to Pulsar on that. Moving along, field of view. It's gonna be 46 foot wide horizontally at 100 yards. Unit weighs about 34 ounces. It's got a temperature rating of down to negative 13 degrees. Uh, and then just some of the features. There's so many things in the scope. I'm not, you know, I'm going to try to list, uh, what I can. It's got, you know, all the normal Pulsar features, which are multiple color palettes, multiple, uh, reticle, uh, colors. They've got more reticles than probably any other thermal brand Pulsar does. It includes video and audio recording. Uh, it has got a uh, fi for streaming to their smartphone app. Also guys, They've got a brand new app that is a ballistic calculator app. Uh, The firmware is not available for this scope yet, but it will be. When they get the the firmware uh, out there, you'll be able to download it and update this scope. And again, if you're watching this six months from now, your scope will probably already have this firmware in it. But right now in February of 2023, uh, we're waiting on this firmware update. And what it's going to do is it's going to allow you to connect well, you're actually going to take your your ballistic app that, that they've created, you're going to input all of your data in there and you'll be able to connect it to the scope, upload this profile and disconnect your phone. So you basically again, you've uploaded all this data into the scope. And when you range an animal or a target, it will put a hash mark on the current reticle that you're using of what your holdover needs to be. So it will not change your reticle. This is important. If you have zeroed at hundred yards and you got the little reticle there, it's not going to move your reticle up. Mm. It's going to leave it right where it is, but it's going to put a hash mark up here showing you where your new aiming point would need to be. Uh, this is really, really cool. This is going to be something new. We're excited to get out and test it out. We got a demo of this uh, from Pulsar back in the fall before they announced it. They, they uh, gave us a sneak peek at it, and it looked really, really neat. Uh, so, again, for the guys that are long-range shooters, uh, I think it's going to be something that a lot of y'all are going to like. I do, I'm going to tell you this up front. Uh, I think it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, you're going to need to know what you're doing. All right. So guys like me that are not long range shooters, I'm going to get in this app and fumble around and I'm going to go, I don't know what all this means, but if, if you're a long range shooter, uh, then, then you're going to know what this is. And I think you're going to be able to get it set up. If you don't, you're probably a guy like me that needs to keep your shots under 200 <laughs> yards. Uh, right. I don't, if I can't, if I can't run all the ballistics, I probably don't need to be shooting that far. Yeah. But anyway, that will be available. Yeah. Also moving along, almost done here. Uh, Recall rating. 375 H&H or a 12-gauge shotgun. Mm-hmm. And it is fully waterproof, submersible. <clears throat> Excuse me, three foot for 30 minutes. Uh, multiple rifle zeroing profiles. I think five different rifles. Again, color palettes. It's got everything. Hans, Yeah. show them what's in the box.
0: Yeah, and everybody's going to want to know about the laser rangefinder and how accurate it is. I'm going to say it's as accurate as how far you can hold your rifle steady on a target. How about that? Uh, that's the big thing, you know, yeah. 600 yards. I, I was ranging stuff out to 600 yards. I didn't really don't have a spot out here further than that. You know, that I can range just from where we're at in our conditions. <coughs> There's just not that many wide open spaces, but all right. What is in the, while I'm doing this, you know, go get a peppermint or something. Uh, Man, you're I'm sure. telling you, I'm,
1: guys, I apologize. I have. I don't know what I've got. I don't feel bad, but I sound terrible, so I apologize. Yeah, that's
0: all right. All right, so here's the bag that it comes with. I've got all the stuff pulled out, and then we'll show the scope and go through it. So in the in the box, in the bag with the scope, what it comes with, you're going to get uh, a shorter APS-2, what they say is an APS-2 battery. It's the shorter of the two. So you got the APS-2 and APS-3. Uh, the APS-3. APS3 is available for sale. Uh, it's an accessory, but it does not come with the scope. You just get that one small APS2 removable battery. You get two battery caps. So the battery cap for that small battery, uh, and then you get a tall, taller battery cap. So if you do choose to purchase the a, an additional battery and you want the the larger APS3, you have that available to do. You got a rubber eye cup. You see a lot of pictures uh, of on social media with these scopes without the eye cup on it. A lot of people run it without it. I I run it without it. I know Jason does too on the thermion style, but if you do prefer to have the eye cup, it does have it. It's easily uh, removable, easy to put on. It's magnetic. So you just stick it on there. It stays on there pretty well. And uh, so it does come with that. Just so you know, Uh, you've got a battery charging base. So if you want to charge the scope, Uh, the battery in a base. If you get an extra battery, there's two slots in here for doing that. Obviously it comes with the cable and the wall plug. The cable uh, is for charging and also for hooking up to the computer. If you want to download the videos directly to the computer, instead of doing it through the app, you can charge the scope though. If you want to just charge it, you know, and, and not have to Use the battery base. You can plug the scope into the wall, and it will charge uh, the batteries. and It'll charge both batteries that way if you, if you do it. If you choose to do so. Okay, here's what the scope looks like. Uh, if you've seen the show, we've talked about the thermions. It's got that traditional daytime look to it. The tube tube design. It's got the American Defense Manufacturing mount on it right now. This is a mount that we sell. Uh, it's uh, right now. Uh, well, I think they the, we talked about earlier. The price is going to go. Go up, but it's going to be under $250 for the mount, depending on when you watch this. Uh, So it is a QD throw lever, uh, two throw levers on that quick release. You can take it on and off the rifle without having to re-zero it every time. (laughs) You've got your buttons right here on the eyepiece. It is a focusable eyepiece diopter, so this turns. It's rubber. It turns if you're, you know, depending on your eyes and your eye prescription, eyeglasses, you can make that uh, uh, clearer up. So the first thing you want to do is focus the eyepiece diopter and then you're going to focus the objective lens. So these dials here on the side, uh, on one on each side, they're for focusing the objective lens, whether you're right-handed or left-handed, it makes it very convenient. The fact that there's two options on there, uh, but you're going to focus the eyepiece first and then focus the objective lens. You got your, like you said, the buttons here on the eyepiece, uh, eye you got your your laser rangefinder button that, en- that engages the laser rangefinder. There's two modes. There's a what I call a point and click. Basically it's a single range option. So you click it, it ranges, and then it goes away. Uh, the other way is a, like a continuous scan. So the range finder box will stay up on the screen the entire time. Your main reticle goes away, but a, a picture in picture image shows up at the top of the screen. It's got your reticle on there for shooting, but in the continuous scan mode, that box stays on your main screen. Uh, the entire time, and it ranges anything you pointed at. So, two modes point and click or continuous scan. Uh, you got your report record button, uh, you got your magnification button. Your uh, menu dial is on the side. This is a button that you, you know, either short press, long press, and it's got a turn knob, turn wheel right here that goes through the menu for you. Uh, so plastic lens cap, spring loaded, 50 millimeter objective lens on it. I don't think I've uh Missing anything else, Jason? You, you feeling good no, now? You ready no, to take over? <laughs> Are you I'm dying just over there? there? <laughs> yeah, i trying
1: to, trying to not cough uh, over there. I, I would love to go get a peppermint, but y'all don't want to hear me talking like thrifted. No, <laughs> so not so,
0: so that is the walk around. That's what's in the box. Um, there's a lot of questions, uh, again, on how the laser range finder operates. I know we're showing uh, a video. Uh, Jason uh, gets the MVP this week. He got some great video of some hogs up close. I got some uh, some of some coyotes, uh, running off. I know you got some coyotes. So I know people want to see, uh, you know, videos of whatever animal they're trying to hunt at different ranges. So we tried to get a little bit of, 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 a lot of things, hogs close up, hogs far away, coyotes far away. Uh, you know, if you have questions, uh, again, and you're wanting to buy this optic and you have specific questions and you didn't see it in any of the videos, you can definitely call us and we can talk about Uh, what this scope will do uh, and what it won't do. How about that? So
1: I wanna take over right here. You're talking about the videos and I'm gonna hope uh, that here in just a minute, uh, Hans, you can mark this time down here. No, guys. Uh, I want you to play a video, okay. uh, that is, is, is going to be, it's going to be important. About get what my pen out and get my paper. So
0: this, this, uh, this is where I start making my money as the executive producer. When he starts <laughs> making specific demands it, on how the video needs to be. Exactly. Edited. This is where I'm making money. It's a
1: request. It's our, our viewers <laughs> requested. It. <It's, laughs> right. If the viewers requested, it's free. If right. I requested it, it's, it's, it, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. So guys, this is what I was talking about earlier in the show. Um, I want to talk about uh, how this unit performs in poor conditions. And this is important for two reasons. One, the original XG50 uh, did not perform uh, great in high humidity, rainy, wet conditions. Um, Again, it's just something over time we found that Uh, more thermals are doing better and better. The manufacturers are getting uh, better at at changing the algorithms, the software, the sensors are getting better. These lower NETD ratings uh, are all helping in poor conditions. But this unit, uh, that was one of the things I could not wait, was to see what it did in, in bad conditions. So when we first got these XGs in they were the conditions were great Mm -hmm. it was cold it was clear it was just wonderful conditions Uh i went out i got to test this thing uh you know next to the xp50 pro and uh you know see how it looked i was like really impressed like oh my gosh this thing is Mm -hmm. good i'm I'm really happy and i knew what was coming uh two days later we were going to get nasty bad conditions uh and, and in the the winter here in East Texas, some of the worst conditions we can get, and this happens all the time, we go from hot to cold, hot to cold, right? Well, some of the worst conditions are when we go from from cold or cool, and then we go up to warm, and it and this happens like literally during the day or night. It happens super quick, and so that's what happened. We went from, from cool, nice temperatures up into the 70s, and nasty, humid overcast, raining, drizzling rain, just nasty. And that's what happened. And we knew this was coming. So I was like, Hey, this is going to be the time. And to be honest, we had those conditions off and on for about two weeks that the nasty weather. Mm. Uh, so we've gotten uh, are plenty of runtime behind this scope in the bad conditions. But so what happened was, and I'm here in just a minute, Hans is going to play this video. Um, We don't always do this. We don't always show the very worst conditions, but we wanted to do this because we think it's important for this scope uh, for for a couple of reasons. Uh, But with that said, the conditions that this was filmed in was uh, over two days of overcast, no sun, uh, high 60s, low 70s, humid, again, either raining or drizzling, nonstop, nasty, worst conditions. And uh, when I filmed this, it was, I don't remember what the time is and I, the time's probably not right. The timestamp on the scope, I don't know if I'd said it, but I know it was at night somewhere between, you know, 8 and 10 p.m. It was, and I wrote this down because I actually texted it to Hans, 99% humidity, 61 degrees, muggy, and it was driving rain. I'm talking about uh you won't hear the audio on the clip. I'm sure Hans is gonna mute that. But if if you did, I'm underneath my back porch, which is a, a big metal roof, and it's it sounds like I mean you just can't hear yourself think. It's it's raining so hard. And there's hogs down there at about 220 yards. And I'm gonna tell you guys, I think it looks pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. I mean I'm impressed yeah. for those nasty conditions what the scope is doing. I know that the the former XG, the original discontinued model now could not do that. Mm -hmm. It could not perform this well. Now, here is the important part you need to know. I'm gonna be upfront. I'm gonna tell you this. When you take this scope out in those conditions and you turn it on and you walk outside, it's going to look terrible. Mm-hmm. Okay? Stick with me. Stick with me. And I know uh, that if the pulsar guys are watching this now over in Europe, they're like, "Oh my gosh, what's he fixing to say?" <laughs> yeah, but I, I exactly. promise that this is that this is good. So, it does. It does not look good. The image is hazy. Mm. Uh, the unit is is nuking or recalibrating almost constantly. I mean, you know, every 15, 20 seconds. It doesn't look good, all right? But I found out what the little trick was. And this is something that I've seen in many thermals and not just Pulsar brand, but but other brands over the years. And that is when you first, and this isn't true for every thermal scope, but that, that works for, for some and it for sure works for this one. Mm-hmm. If you will take this unit and you will turn it on and you will let the, the, the thermal sensor warm up. And I say warm up. I don't mean you got to go take it, put it next to the heater. I mean, like (laughs) crank the engine on your truck, let it run, let it idle, let it warm up. If you will do that for anywhere between eight to 15 minutes, I mean, let's just say eight to 10 minutes is plenty. And you let that thing warm up. What you will see is the, the timing between those calibrations or those nukes. If you have it on, you know, auto, they're going to get slower and further apart, and further apart, and further apart. And what's happening is that image is getting better, and better, and better. If I had walked out there and turned that scope on, which I did, and looked through it, it looked—it really did not look good. If I showed you that video, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm not buying this thing for, for these terrible conditions. Again, in good conditions, you turn it on, walk outside, it's fantastic. I'm talking about the worst of the worst. But if you let that unit just sit there for a few minutes and let it warm up and then go out there, it's like a totally different optic. And since this unit has been out, we have sold a pile of these. It's only been out a few weeks, but we got a lot of them in. Uh, We sold a bunch. We're still selling them. And I've told guys about this. Hey guys, I've tested this. This is what you need to do. And I've had several guys that I've talked to that said, man, you're dead on. Mm -hmm. If you turn that thing on, give it a few minutes, it's a million bucks. It's great in poor conditions. So I just want to bring that up that uh, if, if you didn't give it the time, you could walk out there and think, man, this doesn't look good. But if you let it warm up, I think you'll see it looks like a brand new scope really really good and again that's just in poor conditions in normal good conditions flip it on walk
0: out you're good to go and and i would say and you're exactly right jason but i and what i would also say the same is true for all thermal scopes (laughs) you know so don't think oh man this xg you got to leave it running for 10 or 15 minutes you don't have to do that with other scopes in bad weather well the same is true for all of them i mean it's just just make sure when you turn it on uh, and leave it on. It's it's gonna get better. Don't just turn it on and judge it within the first minute. Uh, it's like so many. Yeah, other I scopes. actually
1: learned that trick from a, from another thermal manufacturer years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that they told me there's like, hey, listen, the problem is 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 th- these scopes once they warm up or the, these thermal sensors, they will look better. Mm-hmm. And don't turn it on and judge it in the first thirty seconds. Give it a minute mm-hmm. again. So I've used that over time with a lot of different optics. Now, Hans, I know we want to get into, uh, you know, the who it's good for and the mm-hmm. likes and the dislikes. Uh, I, I want to do something real quick. And we, this is not on our script here. It's not on our notes. But I'm going to do this because it's a question we're getting asked a lot. I'm going to, I'm going to see this is completely, we have not talked about this. <laughs> but I want to let you to, to chime in and see what you think. Uh, maybe your, your opinion be a little bit different. It's no secret that Hans and I, love the the Thermion 2 XP50 Pro, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, we just, that is our personal scope. We love it, love it, love it. Great optic. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And the question I've been getting from some guys is like, hey man, I know the XP50 Pro is kind of the standard. I mean, mm-hmm. that's Pulsar's pride and joy. It's a beautiful scope. How does this scope compare? Because the old XG doesn't at this point. And my opinion is this: having used them literally side by side, the XP 50 Pro, which does have the sub 25 mm-hmm. millikelvin, mm-hmm. um, you know, NETD rating, right. uh, I believe that this, which XP 50 is a two power, this is a three power. Mm-hmm. I think side by side, I'm gonna say, and Hans, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just throw these out, and if you disagree, I want you to say what you think. And right. again, whatever. Whatever you think. I'm going to say this unit is 90 to 95% as good in normal and good conditions as the XP50 image quality. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I could make a case that especially at close, close distances, maybe I'm going to get a little more detail out of that XP50. But again, I was using this anywhere from 50 yards to 400 yards, again, side by side. And I think this XG is literally on par with the XP. Uh, Again, Mm -hmm. I'll give the XP the tip of the hat, barely. uh, But I think this unit is good. Now when we come to the bad conditions. That's one place where, uh, you know, these, you know, like the XP Pro and that Mm -hmm. that sub 25 millikelvin unit uh, is doing really, really good. I still think that this unit, I'm going to say that it's 85, maybe 90% uh, right there uh, as good as the XP. Hans, I just pulled those numbers kind of thin air. I'm trying to to give some, yeah. you know, way of showing. I think it's really, really close. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I would say, you know, what most people want to know is, is the new XG better than the old XG? And how does it compare to the XP? And what I'll say is that, uh, like Jason said, the XP50 Pro is the, now the, the gold standard with the Pulsar scopes, and it continues to be that way. Uh, it is, I, I would still say, 5 to 10%, a little bit better picture image than the mm-hmm. XG, uh, which is a fair, honest assessment of it. But the XG, the Thermion 2 XG50 is leaps and bounds better than the previous XG50, I would say. And whether that's good conditions, poor conditions, uh, all around. But yes, uh, even, and there's going to be people out there, Jason, that say, oh man, the xp the got the better picture image. That's the scope for me. <laughs> Not necessarily Wrong. Uh, Wrong. because yes, picture quality is important and, and that should be up there as far as one of the boxes that you check. But just as important is picking a, an optic with the correct base magnification for what you're trying to do
1: correction hans more important more important yeah more important is the correct magnification. that kind of leads into
0: jason who this optic is good for and and who should be looking for this or looking for something else
1: well i thought you were going to take that over but (laughs) i I think this is the (laughs) scope no i I think this is going to be a scope that it's is this is the easy one. All right, right. I say this. You know, he's yeah. a coyote hunter. Yeah, obviously, it's got a laser range finder. It is the three power, so you got a little mm-hmm. more magnification. Um, yeah, I think it's it's clearly the coyote hunter. No question, this is going to be a scope for him. But what I am going to say. Is that I think there's a lot of hog hunters that are going to buy this scope because there's more three power optics on the market today than ever uh, ever been before. Uh, there's it's the most popular magnification. Um, I would say that it's by far the most popular with coyote hunters, but it's honestly it's probably the most popular, or at least maybe second most popular mm-hmm. with hog hunters. There's mm-hmm. a lot of guys that like a little more magnification. And one nice thing about this unit is that it is a wider field of view. It's a forty-six foot wide field of view, and that is wider than a lot of three-eighty-four uh, resolution three-power uh, optics. So it's a it's still a good
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know usable field of view. Uh, so I think hog hunters could could use it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you're a coyote yeah. hunter, clearly if you're a hog hunter, I think this is going to come down to you know how far you're hunting. Uh, what magnification you're used to in your daytime scope. If, if you're shooting 20, 30, 40, 50 yards all the time, no, I don't think you need the three power and I don't think mm-hmm. you need the laser rangefinder. finder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you're wanting to do a little bit of both, like, hey, you know what? I may shoot some predators, uh, but mm-hmm. I may also want some hogs and you know we're going to be shooting 50, 75, 100 yards. Yeah, I think it's a great scope for that. What do you think?
0: I would take it a step further. I would say, uh, yes, predator hunters, <laughs> most predator hunters want to be at least three power base magnification for shooting at a small target like a coyote can be I would say hog hunters that are uh their average shot's going to be over 100 yards uh you know might mm-hmm. might prefer this I'm in the way I'm going to take it a step further all the old people out there old men all old women out there hunting like Jason who they say their eyes aren't as good as they used to be you know and like me like Jason <laughs> I think I'm actually 5 yeah. or 6 months older than you but yeah, you, yeah. but but uh, yeah, all the people out there, that, and we a lot of people call and say, "Man, my eyes just aren't as good as they used to be," and I feel the same way. Uh, so y- you know, yeah, having, I want to
1: say this before we've just offended everybody that exactly. that's uh, older watching our show. He Hans is saying this sarcastically, yeah. and he literally uh, he told me, he goes, "Hey." I'm going to keep this XG50. Okay, I like the three power. I like the three power. I'm getting old. I I need this little magnification more. I'm one of those old people. He's joking.
0: I'm one of those old people uh, (laughs) that uh, Mm -hmm. that say that my eyes aren't as good as they used to be, and that a little bit more magnification is is benefit. I mean, it it is true. Um, Really, you know, we're we're trying to uh, get an optic, or or we're trying to put you in an optic that's going to make it. Uh, make you more effective, more successful, going out and having more fun doing what you're doing. And there's a lot of people out there that that field of view is more important that, you know, having, a, you know, a nice zoomed in picture There's people out there that say, you know, I like six power and that's what I use on a daytime scope, yeah. you know, and how does that translate into nighttime hunting? So, you know, three power, I think is a good all around base magnification for doing a lot yeah. of different things and, uh, you know, kind of just nice. laid out what we thought those were. But if you find yeah. yourself in a different category, again, there, you might have to talk through it and see what else other choices are out there for you.
1: So, yeah. And, and what I want to say there real quick, before we move on with our likes and dislikes is <clears throat> there's a lot of guys watching this right now. And I know this because we, we talk to you all the time and you say, I don't know. I don't know. I've never looked through a thermal scope or maybe I saw a buddy's, I don't know what I need and I'm not sure what magnification I need. That's where we're here to help. You know, when you get ready and you know, like I said, if you're looking to make the purchase from us, give us a call. We can help you. If, if you go, I just don't know, we're going to ask you a series of questions and uh, we're going to, we're going to be able to help you figure out if, if three power is right for you or two power or four power or whatever it is. So, so don't worry about that. Hans let's jump in here mm-hmm. as we get close to wrapping this show and let's talk about our likes and our dislikes. Mm-hmm. We always like to do the dislikes first, get the bad news out of the way. Um, I've got a couple, I know you do, Mm -hmm. Uh, what is your dislikes? if you could, if you could make the perfect scope, Mm -hmm. you know, this, you know, there's no perfect scope yet, what would you change on this scope?
0: You know, I I would say the only, uh, if you're wanting a scope that you could take on and off and use as a scanner, uh, a lot of people are, that's a very popular application these days and and having a dual purpose, Uh, this is probably not the optic for you. You need to look uh, and look at something else. This is not something that you're going to want to use as a monocular. Uh, you know, as far as weight, of these tube-style scopes, not just this brand, but other brands, uh, the tube-style scopes are uh, typically a little bit more heavy than some of the more compact scopes that you may see. So, uh, y- you know, not going to be perfect for scanning with. This is a this is a a, a rifle uh, optic. That's what you're going to keep on a rifle. Yeah, you can switch them back and forth and move them, but you don't want to scan with it. The other thing is, when you um, when you engage the laser rangefinder mode, whether it be single point and click or the continuous scan, it takes away your main reticle on your wide field of view screen on your base magnification, whatever magnification you're on. But it takes away your main reticle, and then it pops up the picture in picture display box with your shooting reticle on it. Uh, so I'd say one of the other negatives, uh, and again, this is not something that's new for this scope. This is the way they, you know, all the laser rangefinder models have been with Pulsar is that it, it just takes away your your main reticle. You can still shoot with it on laser rangefinder mode. Um it's not a problem and I, I you know, I like shooting with the picture in picture box anyway, so it doesn't bother me. Um but it will yeah, your main reticle goes away completely. The picture in picture screen pops up with another reticle in it to shoot with, but uh, you lose that, you know, your big reticle that you might be used to. Uh, those are really the only two that, that I came so, up with, Jason.
1: Yeah, I got one small one, and I think this is just for us to be consistent. Um, I wish that it had a non-proprietary battery pack. Mm. Um, you know, we, we're we used to this in the Pulsars. Oh, yeah. they, they've always had proprietary battery packs, um, and they're fine. I'll say this. I mean, if I'm going to say the positive here, they're affordable. You know, the APS-2 battery, which is what it comes with. If you want to buy a spare one, $79. You want to buy the larger one uh, that's a little bit taller, the APS-3, they're $99. That's very reasonable for a scope that cost $6,000. They could be like these printer companies that they sell you a really, really cheap printer, and then the ink cost more than the printer did, okay? They're not doing that to you. I mean, they're, let's be clear, guys, they're not making money on these batteries, all right? By, By the time these things pass through everybody's hands, they get shipped from Europe to the U.S., there's no real money. I know they're doing it because, you know, they can control the quality of the battery, and they know that everybody's getting the same performance, and I understand why, but the market is moving towards non-proprietary batteries. They're moving towards generic uh, 18650s, 18500s, some of these style of batteries. So, I mean, in a perfect world, that's what this scope would have. I get it. I mean, Pulsar has not done that. That's not, uh, you know, something they, they've been doing. And, and I, don't, I don't know if they're going to change, but, you know, we're going to throw that out there. But at the end of the day, uh, again, we use Pulsar Optics. It's not that big of a deal. I tell people this, that the truth is, is that um, I don't even know that I have a spare battery for my Thermion. If, if I do, it's probably in some bag or right. a cabinet or a box somewhere. Uh, these battery lives, especially if you're using a scanner, uh, are plenty good for me. Now, I know if you're up there in, in cold weather up north, that can be different. You can burn through those. But I think, again, I'm going to move to the likes here. I'm going to transition this. I do think, talking about the batteries and, okay, guys, this is where a proprietary battery becomes important. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to change this up, do a 180. That's how they've gone from a five and a half hour battery life to a nine hour battery life, okay? That's how they have control of the batteries and they're able to pack more power in there. And so I think that's my like is the very first thing is that we've got a very, very good battery life. Again, it just continues to go up and up in these thermions. Um, Another thing I like uh, about uh, the, this thermion, this unit and all the pulsars in general is the recoil rating. When a guy calls me and he goes, Hey, I've got a such and such caliber. And it's always something larger, you know, bigger than a 308. And he goes, Whatever. Insert caliber. Am I going to be able to use that mm-hmm. on you know my scope? Well, if we're talking about a pulsar, I go yes. Yeah. Because so far nobody. I mean, maybe somebody every once in a while. Can I put it on my 50 BMG? Okay, no. Uh, but 375 H&H or a 12 gauge shotgun. Guys, shotguns, 12 gauge. That nasty, nasty recoil. I mean, it is bad. Mm-hmm. This 375 H. That's a huge caliber. So, I like that all of your larger calibers, uh, you know, you're going to be covered under. That's a, to me, again, I don't own any of those. I don't shoot any of those, but I like it because maybe you do. Maybe, who knows, maybe I go buy one one day. You never know, but I like that because you're covered.
0: Right. Now, I agree, and I would say, you know, just adding on that, the fact that, the you know, with the improvements that were made, they – Pulsar, I think, realized, and and they saw the performance they were getting out of their Red sensors, and they, I think, were smart to go back to it. A lot of people were like, man, well, what happened? Why did they go away from the BAE sensor and all this? And, you know, they did it because they're, I think, more confident with their Red sensor and the performance that they Uh can get. And I think that they can see improvements uh, that they can make with this uh, and, and all of their optics, which they continually, you know, they continue to do every time they come out with a brand new one. So... Um, they did a good job on this one. This gives, uh, for all you people that are fans of Pulsar, it gives you, uh, and you're a coyote hunter or somebody that likes three power, uh, magnification like I do, uh, it gives you an option. And there were, before this came out, you know, when the original XG50, uh, was discontinued and we were kind of in this limbo waiting for this new XG50, there were, mm-hmm. there were some coyote hunters on social media that were just kind of trashing pulsar and saying oh they forgot about us they don't they don't care about predator hunters they don't all this stuff well we all knew that this xg50 was coming out so it didn't really make any sense but exactly but no i mean this was all planned um uh, pulsar you know knew that they were coming out we knew that they were coming out with this three power scope and it's a big improvement uh this is the scope you know that i'm going to be using for uh, the, you know, for, for now on for a good while. Cause I do like the coyote and hog hunt and I do like higher magnification. So it kind of checks all the boxes for me now. The laser range finder is, is a nice for, uh, feature as well. So uh, putting a wrap on this, everything Han said, yep, totally
1: agree. Uh, I think that if, if I have to give you my overall thought on this, it's that I am pleasantly surprised <laughs> yeah. out of this unit. Right. It is better than I expected it to be. And we we did have the chance to use this again briefly back in the fall just mm. for a, an evening uh, doing some demo stuff with, with Pulsar. But It was outside. It was nice. We were able to look a couple hundred yards, but it wasn't the same. It's not the same as getting it in your hands and us going out and field testing Uh it in good conditions, Uh bad conditions, in between conditions and everything, you know, literally in the field, looking at hogs, looking at coyotes and guys, that's what we do. Every single optic that we sell. And I can say this confidently, there's not an optic on our website that Hans nor I have not gone out, and Ashley now, <laughs> have not gone out and tested. We have tested these units. We know how they perform. Uh, anybody can can go, you know, come a dealer and, and stick stuff on their website. But we go out and test these because we know that's what you want to know. And we want to know. We're hunters. This is a lot of money you're going to spend. And I can tell you, I was pleasantly surprised with how this optic stacked up. Um, again, not just, I already knew it was better than the old XG. I'd seen enough to know that. And, and mm-hmm. it was, and it did way outperformed even what I was hoping for in the bad conditions and mm-hmm. outperformed what I was hoping for in the good conditions. And again, as we kind of call it the gold standard, the XP50 Pro put it up against that. And I'm like, dang, man, <laughs> I mean, yeah. this thing, this is pretty dang good. I yeah. can use this. Yeah. So Lycon like said, uh, it's good enough for us. I mean, we're going to be using these optics mm-hmm. and uh, we we really, really like this scope. So it's a good one if you're interested in purchasing this or hey, maybe maybe it's another optic. Maybe it's something totally different or maybe you just don't know. I would say give us a call, 877-350-1818. Uh, Hans, Ashley, myself, uh, we are all out testing optics all the time. We would love to have your business. Uh, we would love to to you know make suggestions, mm-hmm. put you in the scope that's best for you. Uh, we might refer you over to some of our other videos and things we've done in the past, some other reviews, say, hey, if you know you're not sure what this scope is, go watch this review and mm-hmm. check that out and see what you think. Uh, but again, we're glad to help outdoorlegacygear.com. And we would love to do business with you. If you're looking for uh, more great content, there's probably going to be another review pretty soon of this XG50 over on Hans's YouTube channel. And that is H A N S E T X, Hans mm-hmm. East Texas. Uh, You can search uh, that on YouTube, find his channel. You can subscribe and again, find all of his videos. But I know he'll be doing a review of this scope soon. Uh, Hans is also uh, over on Instagram posting all kinds of stuff. But, guys, big news Hans is on Facebook. Grandpa got on Facebook. And let me tell y'all, it is just like if your grandpa got on there. This guy is is calling and texting me every five minutes. He's confused. He can't figure it mm-hmm. out. It's we got him the Facebook for dummies book, but I've made a,
0: So I've made a, a lukewarm splash into Facebook right now. It's been very, he made a faithful. lukewarm splash. <laughs> but if uh, you're on Facebook, one of the, go
1: over there and find his yeah. page and like it. It's the exactly. same thing. H A N S E T X like and follow uh, over there. So you can see all of his content, uh, man. Hans has got so much stuff. He's he's got a ton of stuff that he's posting over there. So so Mm. go over there and and find him there as well. And then Outdoor Legacy. We've already told you how to find us, but the Late Night Vision Show, you found us. You're here. Stick with us. That means like, subscribe. That way that you don't miss an episode when they pop up on YouTube or on the podcast app that you're listening to. You can always go to the Late Night Vision Show Dot com yeah. see all the past episodes learn more about the show and uh, guys we really appreciate y'all watching this show
0: so Jason uh, as we sign off congratulations this is episode two hundred and fifty this week wow. so uh, next we didn't week, even talk about that two hundred and fifty I didn't we even were realize we're so busy we with all show. the other wow. stuff but yeah two fifty so join us next week for episode two fifty one uh, we've got I think we're going off of the review uh yep. segment we're going to be talking about zeroing thermal scopes if i remember correctly Isn't that mm-hmm. right we're talking about the zero on i think that's right i think that's right i think that's what's on the so list a lot of people find... asking how hey, to zero check
1: back next thursday yeah. and you'll be as surprised as we yeah, are yeah exactly man. right so
0: join us again next thursday or any other day you can have you find time to play these episodes we really appreciate it the audience is growing the support is overwhelming and we really appreciate all the phone calls and when you call us and tell us that you watch the show Uh, it gives us a little bit of a smile. People say, I know you probably get tired of hearing it, but I promise you, we never do, and and our egos can uh, afford to get even bigger. I mean, I got to grease the side of Jason's head, put butter on the side of his head uh, to get him through the door, but it's okay. He deserves it. He deserves it. it. (laughs) All right, y'all, we'll see y'all next Thursday. Stay safe in the fields, and keep making them bacon pancakes.